Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, Gen X Grown Up listener. All of us at GXG take special care to ensure the highest production quality of everything we produce, whether it be a YouTube video or this podcast you're listening to. Unfortunately, for this recording, we tried some new tech, which we'd hoped would lay the groundwork for some future growth, but the resultant quality was less than ideal. You'll hear some digital audio compression artifacts in this episode, and for that, we apologize. If you're a first-time listener, we hope you'll stick around for our return to better audio quality. And if you're a long-time listener, we hope you'll forgive this lapse. Thanks, and on with the show. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Hello, and welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to the Gen X Grown Up podcast. This is the backtrack edition of our podcast, which, as you know, is the one between our regular shows where we pick a single topic and dig in deep. And why was I doing a stupid, spooky voice of the introduction? It's because our topic this week is Generation X Horror Franchises. <laughs> I have John. Joining me, as always, is George. Nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and Mo. Hello, John. Oh, God. Well, thank you. I got one player. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I got you covered. Thank you so much. Somebody's got my back. This is a big topic, but one we've been wanting to do for a while. We're talking about Generation X horror franchises. Absolutely. And George, you pointed out uh, we're touching on like a couple of decades of a major film genre. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, we are. I mean, we certainly are going to leave out a lot of films that people want to talk about. So I know we're going to get a lot of email from our fourth listener because there's no way we're going to catch everything. That's fair. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is the highlights as we see them. It's subjective. We might not grab your favorite film. We might talk about a film you think is stupid, but that's how it goes when you're trying to do a highlight reel. <laughs> yeah. This is one that could span like, I don't know how many top 10 lists in my mind. I could do probably 20 different top 10 lists of horror films from like, I could probably do a top 10 horror films from each one of the years in the 80s almost. So why don't we get things started? We've tried to group these a little bit, but we're going to have a lot of blurry lines. But the first thing I want to talk about really are the most iconic these super franchises that have this relentless unstoppable unkillable stalker so i mean the first one at the top of the list is probably the texas chainsaw massacre yeah. for me certainly i mean that first film you have other movies even their characters watching the texas chainsaw massacre it's an iconic film absolutely fits in that category yeah, another one that i really loved bordered on comedy but didn't intend to be it was only funny because of the subject matter and that's child's play the chucky. with the chucky doll <laughs> yeah i mean and that was also kind of late to the game as far as Generation X is concerned. I think the first one was, what, 87, 89, maybe? 
somewhere there. I, I mean, I will defer to you as the horror expert. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> it was a little bit later in the eighties. So it's right on the cusp because they did have several of those films, but a lot of the iterations spanned outside of the eighties even. And it's yeah. still spawning sequels today. Yeah. You just saw him in Ready Player One, actually. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chuck, yeah. he was in Ready Player One. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to get out of iconic relentless stalker category without talking about no. Friday the 13th. Kill, 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 kill. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Never go to a sleepaway camp. You know, one thing, it's a great trivia bit. They talk about Friday the 13th. Who was the murderer in Friday the 13th? And what does everyone typically say? Everyone says Jason, but we know it's not. It's not. Of course not. Yep. It's Jason's mom. <laughs> yeah. In every subsequent film, it's Jason because he comes out of the lake at the end of the first one. But in the first yeah. one, it's not even Jason. And people don't realize that. There's another trivia question, though, that gets asked sometimes, but not quite as often as who the killer was in the first film. Late on us. What was the biggest star that came out of the first film? Jimmy Lee Curtis? Oh, 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 oh. No. no, 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 no. That's another franchise we'll talk about in a minute. Was it like a was it like a Doherty or somebody? Nope. Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the little counselors that got killed early on. I do believe. Didn't he get an arrow through his throat from underneath the bed? He <laughs> absolutely <laughs> did. Yep. I know my Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> yeah, I remember him getting it. He that, he was getting it after he was getting it on, as I recall. Yeah, that was one of the films that kind of you know started the whole Kevin Bacon game because you could relate him to Jason forever. Thanks to that. Yeah, film. there you go. Another epic one that spawned another just iconic bad guy, The Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Freddy, Freddy Krueger. He was in Ready Player One, too. Yeah, he was. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> you know, Freddy Krueger has the distinction of being played by two great actors, actually. Oh, I only knew of the one. Robert England. Of course. But in the remake, Jackie Earl Haley ended up playing Freddy Krueger. Mm. Uh, you guys might know him. He was in Breaking Training, which was a movie about uh, some local kids writing some bicycles around. He was in the Bad News Bears as Kelly, the kid who could hit a ton and smoke cigarettes on the side. He was also uh, Rorschach in the... Um, oh, yeah. Watchmen. Yeah, the Watchmen. That was him, exactly. wasn't it? Holy cow. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Awesome classic franchise. Yeah. Arguably, though, maybe, maybe... Uh, one of the most iconic bad guys. What is the other great one? Halloween. Yep. <laughs> you know, the William Shatner mask. Yep. Bleached out white William Shatner mask became the uh, the spookiest thing in the world for Michael Myers. Yeah. Michael Myers was an awesome character. Still is to this day. Anytime there's some Halloween, I don't care which one it is. One, two, three, the horrible one where they were selling the mask that turned people into worms for the back of their head. I'll watch any one of the Halloween films. What about the space one they did? Didn't they do one in space? Yeah, there was. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Myers in space, Why absolutely. Not? Why not? You got to think the big three really coming out of that whole topic. You're going to have Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. That's the big three. They yeah. even crossed over between Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. They had a Freddy versus Jason film. To show the, the staying power of these is like the fact that all of them, I think, have been remade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't remake them, the originals, especially the first couple of them, yeah. tend to hold up really well. I've re- I rewatched Halloween not long ago, yeah. and it was still great. It's really awesome, too, to share it with like my children I'm a horrible father for sharing horror movies with my kids oh, but no. it's required why I, I started them out early on like probably like six or seven I started having them watch horror films with me you know I'm like no you're gonna enjoy this franchise this is awesome yeah and my daughter same way she is a horror snob she sees a bad horror film and she's like oh come on really you could do better writing than that twelve men have just discovered something for 100,000 years it was buried in the snow and ice now it has found a place to live inside where no one can see it or hear it
All right, we were just talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about Halloween without talking about its director, John Carpenter. Oh. Anybody have any idea how influential this man is to the horror film genre? One of the kids in general. He did so many movies. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's start small. So he did some small little cultish, fun, alien monster kind of stuff. Yeah. He did uh, They Live which mm-hmm. uh, starred Roddy Piper, big vehicle for him. Oh, yeah. Really funny. Had an iconic fight scene that made its way into South yep. Park. I'm here to chew bubblegum mm-hmm. and do something else, yep. right? And I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah, I'm here to <laughs> kick ass and chew bubblegum. And it. I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Prince of Darkness, which was a really fun, satanic, they let the demon of Satan out of this thing in this... You know, these researchers accidentally release Satan into the world kind of movie. I never saw that one. Yeah, it was really, it was one of those culty small films, but really well done. And it was, you could see like, even in the music, because, you know, Carpenter did all his own music in all his films. You know, it had that prototypical Carpenter theme music throughout the whole thing. The Fog, that was a John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both of them, both the original and the remake. And then Christine. Based on the Stephen King novel as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The killer car. (laughs) That's right. The possessed car who had a horror case of fatal attraction with its owner and only play <laughs> right? 50s music or something but probably the best of the carpenter films aside from halloween oh, we got to put halloween on top mm-hmm. but the next best one and really close was the thing oh man oh, let me Love tell you the thing. that the thing probably stressed me out more than any other movie <laughs> because it was like it wasn't like scary it was just a suspense yeah it was, edge of your seat. there's almost no background music i don't know if you noticed that yeah there was very little in there but when there when it was there it was impactful yeah. and so it was like it was just the quiet and you don't know who's a bad guy who's not the bad alien you know and sometimes you're not even sure if they know everybody's acting normal and i love the test with the hot wire yeah <laughs> it's like the, the suspense of like is it gonna is it gonna it's it's and when it does man hell breaks loose every time it's what an amazing (laughs) an interesting little fact to the thing it was the first time that carpenter paired up two people he uh, had kurt russell obviously the star yeah Mm -hmm. kurt russell is always my snake plissken i'm sorry he was awesome in the thing but he's my snake plissken which john carpenter did direct that (laughs) kurt russell is unbelievable and and the the effects in the thing were just oh they were so gross yeah one of the things about this era of horror is just the over the top amazingly bad blood and gore (laughs) that was so bad it was good what about the the chest muncher i know he's trying to revive him with the paddles (laughs) (laughs) and the the head spider and you know which part which which effect made me jump out of my seat the most and still does to this day what is when they're putting the little hot needle in the blood yeah yeah Yeah, the the test and the the last one jumps out you know and you're not expecting it to be that guy and it does and like Mm -hmm. oh my god still to this day freaks me out let me tell you guys besides that movie the other movie that stressed me out and scared the crap out of me was alien. alien oh yeah it's a yeah. high stress film yep yeah, because it was also the it was mostly it was just the suspense and the waiting alien was a mm-hmm. game changer man that yeah, film. It really was yeah you didn't even see the alien until near the very end of the film and you didn't even know who the star of the movie was mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't really revealed until everybody was dead yeah you're yep. like i guess she's like, the star well apparently <laughs> she's the headliner <laughs> yes, Gwen Weaver, huh? who knew right yeah. yeah and that really made her career i mean how much has she done from that one film and all that amazing I, hr geiger designed alien work and the, the oh, pipes yeah. and all that just beautiful yeah i remember when we saw this in the theater and i was young when this thing came out remember when the face hugger jumps out for the first time oh yeah oh yeah Literally absolutely saw every head like go up and down everyone went <laughs> yeah Whoa. in the theater and i saw it in new york so you know one guy went what the fuck was that 
you know, and there's a great little bit of trivia that I've read. I, I, I believe it to be true. I've seen it in several places corroborating it. Was the chest burster scene where the guy is right. laying on the table. He, the face hugger's gone. Yep. The actors had not seen what the effect was going to be. Yeah, they didn't They know. just knew the guy was yeah, rigged. And so those reactions of the bursting thing out of the chest and the that was genuine reaction of, oh my God, on their faces. And, and they knew it yeah. was a practical effect. So <laughs> imagine how I think your best one was the um, not the Sigourney Weaver female character, but the other female character, like her reaction in that scene. Just she was like, oh, my God. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And just like, that might have been genuine. That was yeah. classic. You know, and when we're talking about cool practical effects, oh man, you can't get away from the fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff oh. Goldblum starting to look like how he is on the inside. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did you guys ever see the original Vincent Price version? I did. Yeah, I did. It's different. Yeah, <laughs> it is different. It's completely different, right? Yeah. You know, this is kind of one where the, I like the remake better, just because they had all this great over-the-top '80s horror gore stuff, and that haunted my dreams for a long time. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, all the dripping ooze as he had uh, changed into the fly. He's collecting, was, he's collecting his teeth. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to talk about gross little things and all, you know, that kind of stuff, we got to talk about. Mm. <laughs> and there's another kind of uh, alien monster kind of thing that it was kind of campy. It was campy. It was a lighthearted kind of. It's a horror category, but I almost wouldn't call it horror. Is it like comedy horror? No, I mean it's it's on the cusp. It's on the edge. Uh, maybe not, but you know it's got monsters that are trying to kill people. So I'm I'm going to put it in there because it's not it's not like it's a love that's story. True. Oh yeah, I mean well except for that one gremlin that kept flashing everybody. Maybe <laughs> that's part of the love story. The thing that sticks out to me in Gremlins is the one where the main female character in it every now and then she kind of breaks into that story of like the tragedy that happened when she was younger oh phoebe cates and, she, and then one time the guy's like look we don't have time for that <laughs> he like stops right in the middle. <laughs> we all know it what are the two primary gremlins rules don't feed after uh midnight. don't feed them after midnight no sunlight and no don't water don't get them wet there you go and i always thought those were arbitrary rules because it's always after midnight <laughs> yeah. right somewhere <laughs> and don't get them wet what did they never drink any water yeah i don't know i guess i mean like they're not very hydrated i guess you know <laughs> there were weird rules but they worked yeah, in the exactly. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was suspension of belief, you know. Do you guys remember? Because we're talking about Ready Player One and Spielberg, you know, talking about Spielberg and how about Poltergeist? Sure. Absolutely. What a cursed film yeah. that was. Have you heard the curse about yeah. all people who worked on it or starred in it or not starred in it, but like peripheral actors well, no, and, st- and cast. One of the, the stars girl yeah. died. The little girl died from pneumonia in the second film when it, they were making it. Yeah, there was horrible stuff that went on. Yeah, on let that me set. tell you, I saw Poltergeist. I rewatched it not that long ago. So with my kids and it doesn't really hold up as well. Doesn't it? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I can understand why it wouldn't. But there was still some really good stuff in that. The whole furniture stacking in the kitchen. Oh, there's lots of good creepy stuff. Like, like done right. And this one she was fine with. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of over the top in your face kind of spooktacular moments, really. I mean, there's the tree reaching through and the mm-hmm. weird clown in the bedroom. Yeah, the clown was creepy. I guess the dead people floating up in the pool, sort of, maybe that. But yeah, most of it was just like uncomfortable yeah. horror. Yeah, there was a little building of tension. You know, the remake of Poltergeist wasn't terrible. And if you saw that, yeah, I did I not it. see it was, that. It was okay. They did a good job. Yeah, I mean, you know if, about the burial thing, then it's kind of like, okay, you know. Yeah, you know, frankly, if I had to rewatch something, I would rewatch the new one before I rewatch the original just because of Mo- really? well, okay. well, you said the, the original just it doesn't stand up to like the uh, the improved methods of filmmaking where some films do you know like The Thing yeah. the remake of The Thing go to hell original yeah, thing is the way sure. to go right right sure and I'm talking about the 80s thing I'm not talking about right. the 1950s thing I'm talking about John Carpenter's right. thing yeah. the remake of that forget it but Poltergeist is in a way it corrects the things that don't hold up over okay. time I kind of like it better so, you know that's me okay. yeah, for sure. I'll have to check that one out here.
Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Robert. We're hosts of the Two Bobs Podcast. Check out our show at thetwobobs.com. We talk about beer, food, weird news, some pop culture, sports, and our obsession with technology. And just general BS with our own brand of comedy and sarcastic wit. Also, be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Bobs Podcast. So we talked about aliens and monsters and ghosts and that sort of thing, but uh, one kind of like broad category, if you want to try to lump it together, is a, a recurring trend in a lot of the great Gen X horror. And that's kind of the concept of like uh, either pure, unadulterated yeah. evil that either someone is born as or consumes them or... Possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Now the Evil Dead, right at the top of the list, of course. Yeah. I mean, Sam Raimi's classic with uh, Bruce Campbell, the heads rolling around on, you know, and being put back <laughs> yeah. on the bodies and the people underneath the floorboard in the cellar you oh, know yeah. now, now you mentioned john carpenter before sam raimi there's another titan in the world of uh, horror films no, or films sure. in general right if for nothing else the trilogy of the evil dead yeah. certainly puts him in that category no I doubt one of the movies harps from back then i thought was probably the most original was hellraisers hellraiser oh, was yeah. weird and creepy as hell i don't know that i ever watched all of it because it just it, it's it's disturbing yeah you know? it very, yeah it was very uncomfortable but it was just like a weird film. like for once like they made the bad guys were just like these just over the top like pinhead and chopper yeah, the and... cinnabites yeah yeah i don't know if it was from the first hellraiser or the second but there's one quote from it that i always use and i don't think many people know i'm quoting hellraiser but i love the your suffering will be legendary <laughs> even in hell oh yeah <laughs> and i always thought wow if your suffering is legendary in hell that's some that's serious some suffering. suffering you're talking <laughs> suffering squared there and that whole creepy cube thing that opened them up into the portal every time you're screaming at the screen don't open that <laughs> damn know. thing what are you stupid that's right don't go in exactly. there with the light out what are you gonna do? <laughs> that's right right <laughs> well something that couldn't be opened but was probably the one horror film that even i first tried to watch it when i was a teenager and it still i couldn't finish the film was the exorcist yeah. oh boy it's the one film to this day that i still have a very hard time watching and i love horror as you can tell i have a hard time watching that film it was done that well on what arguably is a shoestring budget mm-hmm. for the day sure yeah i remember the exorcist as being something that that was like right in the window where we got hbo for the first time the same exact thing it was on hbo a lot for me it was a vhs tape the local house picked it up i went and rented it one weekend when my parents were going out of town and we lived out on a farm Big and it was a storm going Big on mistake. oh my lord <laughs> i just remember like like my parents like would watch it on hbo but they had sent me out the room so of course you know the first opportunity i got i watched it and regretted well, it. I wanted, what what, you, what couldn't i see yeah. right and then you were like oh shit i shouldn't I have watched shouldn't this watched it. you're right mom and dad oh, my God. <laughs> So I have, a, I have a story, an anecdote I must share related to The Exorcist really briefly. Ready? All right. So I watched The Exorcist for the first time. And you remember Linda Blair's character as she's possessed. She has this voice yeah. that's really gravelly, right? Right. Yep. And so I was uh, staying with my grandmother at her house because she's the one that had HBO. And I had this little corner bedroom and I went to bed and it was probably super late, which means it's probably 10. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I, I'm out of my 11 or 12 or something. You know, I go to bed and I, I turn off the light. And I'm a little uneasy, but I know it's a movie. I mean, I saw Jaws and I know that was a fake shark and I've seen, you know, and so I'm like, okay, it was fake. Okay. Just keep telling myself it was fake. I lay down and I turn off the lights and then outside the window, I hear, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, what? Like, no, 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 no. And it's like, and I hear this growling. I'm like, Oh my God, what is it? And I'm about to freak out. My head's about to explode. And the growling changes. It goes, 
Uh, a motorcycle had started up right next door. <laughs> and I nearly shit myself. Great. And that movie will bring out the worst fears in anyone who watches it. I don't care. I mean, that was the late 70s, I guess, that film came out. Yeah, 78 or 9, I think. Yeah. Uh, try and watch that movie today. It's still yeah. going to freak you out. Yeah, it's it, it does get a lot easier because it was practical effects and it was so dark and that's real. It. Oh, it, that's yeah. the thing about that cool. one is that of all of them, I mean, that one seemed the most just real, right? Like, yeah. it, it was. Oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah, the, the performance that Linda Blair turned into that as a young actor mm-hmm. uh, outstanding she should have won an oscar if they were giving oscars yeah. to horror films at that time yep. she should have won it another one that i caught a lot on hbo is uh they had several of them but i remember the first one specifically was the omen oh yeah oh yeah damien Damien, damien right? omen oh yeah damien they would take the pictures and then when they would develop the pictures there'd be like a slash through somebody's throat or something like that or a spike going through their head or this is for you damien that was the nanny jumping to hang herself yeah movies that had like that over-the-top violence kind of thing you know like people just yeah, didn't die yeah. like simple death yeah i i remember like like somebody got impaled on a fence spike and yeah. just there was some brutal mm-hmm. stuff like that. yeah that's the one i remember the spike mm-hmm. the fence spike death yeah, yeah some brutal stuff and uh, there were there were sequels to it and i know there's like the final chapter which yeah. name a film the final chapter that's a guaranteed way to know there's gonna be another one but still absolutely <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but that, it was a decent series i mean they were all they had that same kind of uh foreboding of he was basically he was the spawn of Satan, right? Yeah. He was the devil. Yeah, he was the he was the yeah. 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 But he was a good little boy. He was a creepy little boy. Yeah. He was a creepy <laughs> He was little a boy. creepy little child. <laughs> like they cast that one really well. Another big swath of horror films, too, is you know, not technically uh aliens and evil kind of thing, but the undead kind of falls into some oh, kind of realm. And Oh man. Yes. The Night of Living, the original one, which was done way back then. Before we get into Night of Living Dead, because I want to save that for the end. Okay. We we should talk about Return of the Living Dead first. So I could never get the sequence yeah, right. How does it go? Either. Sequence as far as which one was released first? Yeah. Or, right. Well, Night of the Living Dead is the granddaddy. Okay. That's the one that was released first. Okay. But I'm talking about Return of the Living Dead is a completely different series, a completely different franchise. See, I always get those confused. I know there's one in a shopping yeah. mall, there's one in a cabin. Okay. So that's still Night of the Living Dead, okay. different franchise. Okay. Return of the Living Dead is more of a comedy, undead, reimagining, sort of. Okay. It's a group of people, they end up at a mortuary and this canister of gas from this that somebody finds from an old army experiment is released into the air. They burn the bodies. When the bodies are burned in the mortuary, it releases this gas. The gas comes down in rain into a cemetery, and then the dead start rising from the graves. Mm. That's where the brains chant comes from. It doesn't come from Night of the Living Dead. It comes from Return of the Dead because the all the zombies can speak in that film and whether they have voice boxes or not, they can still speak. And their catchphrase throughout the entire series of all the films of Return of the Living Dead oh, is sure. brains. Mm. The brains and the zombie thing married together for the first time. See, I can never keep those straight and I was never a huge zombie fan. George, I know you were, hence your uh, devotion to Walking Dead now, but that explains it for me. And I, I caught pieces of all these and I didn't like, I, I didn't consume them r- religiously like I know that you and other people did. And you can't get out of the catch- Category of the undead without talking about George Romero, the godfather oh, yeah. of zombie mm-hmm. films. Yep. Night of the Living Dead. That's the first one, black and white, because he didn't have enough money to film on co- 
color. <laughs> Filmed it in Pittsburgh. Yeah. If you ever go to that, you know, to the Pittsburgh area, they are devoted Romero fans. to George Romero. Yeah. yeah. There's big uh, conventions that are held every year in the honor of the films. So there was Night of the Living Dead. John, I know you probably remember that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then there was Dawn of the Dead. That's yeah. the one in the shopping oh, mall. Boy. Okay. Yep. That's the one that I knew well. That's the one that most of our generation would know well because that came out in the early 80s, whereas Night of the Living Dead was late 70s. Got it. And then you've got Day of the Dead, which is filmed in Florida in an underground army base. And then from there, they just went off the deep edge. <laughs> I mean, there was like 20 more of the Living Deads in the Romero franchises. Uh, they even did some remakes. They did a remake of Night of the Living Dead in color. Then you also had um, the Dawn of the Dead remake with Ving Rhames. Oh, yeah. Okay. That came out a little bit later. Yeah. And that's the one that started on the Fast Zombie franchise stuff. Yeah. These are all like on my radar, but none of them are like super sharp focus because I know I've seen parts of all of them. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not a zombie fan, but I would encourage you to go and at least watch the original three, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead. Yeah, spoken like a zombie expert. Good advice. <laughs> Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. All the movies that we've been talking about, like those were all kind of like big theater. All of them had pretty big budgets, or at least most of them did, right? But there was a whole slew of just smaller, independent kind of horror kind of movies that eventually just grew to either become like cult And those are some of my favorites. Or grew into their own franchises just on their own. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so one of the ones I remember for some reason was Phantasm with those balls that would fly around and yep. with the spikes on the balls. Oh God. We talked about VHS uh, before they got the rise of VHS. And that's one that I remember vividly the cover art. I don't think I ever saw it, but if you talk about was yeah. a Chrome ball with these three blades on it, yep. Phantasm, I tell you right away. <laughs> right. Well, and here's an interesting little fact about Phantasm. Phantasm, the film actually was the inspiration for one of the uh, largest wrestling icons of all time, hmm. The Undertaker. Really? That's where oh, Vince okay. McMahon got the idea for that character. Who knew? George knew. Yeah. That's who knew. It, but. <laughs> well, of course. It's wrestling and horror. I'm going to know both of those. <laughs> I don't know why he just stuck with me. It's one of those things that stick with you. At the end of that movie, they're like, they, they survive and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, hey, let's go camping. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Camping? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I don't know why that's stuck in my head. Another one that kind of had a low budget, kind of a low uh, kind of release, but I caught it on VHS and became a favorite of mine is Creep Show. It was kind of like, oh yeah. Oh, Stephen King comic book. It was it had like a four or five little uh, small Vignette horror films thing, all right? baked into one. Yeah. And they, they were all tied together by the fact that the boy who is the character at the beginning of the film, he's reading the Creep Show comic book. And I love the way that they did it. Like he would be looking yes. at the page and then the page would fly at the screen and you were in that yep. story now. And they were all in his books, right? They were stories that were in there already. Yeah. And his parents kept trying to throw the comic book away, but he kept finding it or it kept flying back into his room from the wind. It yep. was awesome. And there was there was one about uh, the guy who was turning into a plant. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually Stephen <laughs> King, King in that King. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was the guy. Yep. Yeah. And then there was uh, the cockroach one oh, yeah. where the guy was germaphobic and the cockroaches started coming into his, you know, taking over her medically sealed I, I remember yeah, renting and uh, like we weren't supposed to rent it because it's like oh no it's rated R it's bad <laughs> like well, we're gonna rent it anyway well because it had boobies in it it wasn't about the people getting killed hurt. it was the boobies <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Now, what is one on the list? Sleepaway Camp. I've never heard of that one. That's the one I put on there. Sleepaway Camp is a trilogy of films hmm. in the 80s. I really only put it on there for the first one and mainly for the last scene of the movie. Sleepaway Camp in itself is an unremarkable horror film. It's very typical, you know, a bunch of kids at a camp. Kids start getting killed and counselors getting killed one by one. We've heard that story a million times. But the very end of that film, to this day, that image still creeps me out. The killer turned out to be one of the children in the film, not one of an adult or not some relentless stalker. It was one of the children. (laughs) Well, I don't care. This is like 40 years. I think think you're past the window. There was this little boy and this little girl, right? They were kind of the people that that the film focused on the most. And at the end, it turns out that the little girl is the killer, which is very unusual, right? Sure, yeah. You don't usually see, especially a young, small female child being the killer of this big horror film. But there was a twist, and this is the twist that to this day creeps me out. She wasn't a girl. It was a boy whose parents had had twins, a boy and a girl. The girl twin had died, and the parents, so stricken with grief, had forced the boy to live as the girl her whole life, and so she went insane. <laughs> and when the other little boy in the film had spurned her advances, you know, like uh-huh. she wanted to be uh-huh. boyfriend, girlfriend with him, he went on this crazy spree killing everybody and then eventually killed him by cutting off his head, which was sitting in her lap on the beach in the final scene. She stands up and you see full frontal duty of this young boy child thing. It <laughs> creeps me out to no end to this day. It sounds like a, a horror crying game. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Horror crying game. Wow. That's a good way to describe it. I had never it. heard of this, but it okay. Was, it, wow. I'd not even recommend to anybody out there watch it. It was just on the list for oh, that. We, we, we must watch the end. <laughs> Damn it, George. You made me watch this garbage movie. (laughs) Damn it, George. You made me watch that piece of crap. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a piece of crap that you're going to have to watch then. Have you ever seen Reanimator? Oh, I'm I'm already set. Yay. That was one of those that no one had ever heard of when I was a kid, except this one guy down the street goes, dude, have you seen Reanimator? Like he was selling me dope, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, they don't have it at the store. They're not allowed to carry it, which was a lie. It was just, it was so obscure. First 10 minutes is free. I've got a dub that my my <laughs> uncle's brother's uh, great aunt gave him. And, and the first copy I watched was a horrible, probably third, fourth generation VHS copy. Wow. I don't know what it is about it. It's so, the, the image of the guy walking down the hallway with his own head in his, in the, the duffel bag and yep and also it's a it's an interesting written story about you know if you had the power to bring somebody back and you love them of course you couldn't resist no matter what the repercussions and it just happened over and over sure. you know you shouldn't do it it's kind of like twisting the it Frankenstein is. Yep. Yep. fairy tale all the way up to the very right? last frame and you see that the last vial being injected and you're like that's the end you're like oh my god reanimator was so i couldn't believe it when it came out on dvd you know yeah. that was based on that Lovecraft story? i did not know yeah. that huh I, I i can believe it it makes sense <laughs> i mean it may be one of the tops of the unheralded cult films of the horror genre really reanimator is still spoken up like you even you go to conventions and you still see like you'll find t-shirts that have catchphrases or images and i wonder if most people didn't also first find out about the way i did so that adds to kind of the the mystique of it so when you finally saw it you're like wow yeah they did for me it's one of those it's not amazing but it's really good it's almost like you're in a special mickey mouse club of horror you gotta gotta decode a ring because i'm one of the chosen few that uh, was able to get a hold of it right (laughs) 
man, there's a lot. I can't believe we've talked about so many. Oh my God. And how many we've missed. I mean, in the back of my head. Oh, I've thought about another 20 <laughs> just while we were talking. We could keep going if you guys want, but I got a feeling we're going to have to end this oh, podcast man. soon. So, And we miss your favorite. You should write yeah, in. Absolutely. Write in to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Tell us which one of your favorites we missed or which one of your favorites we overlooked or which garbage one we gave too much time. <laughs> we love to hear from you. Dear mom and dad, I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared. Do you love comic books and consider yourself a die-hard fan? Then you need to listen to Parlapod. We have news, reviews, and interviews with your favorite pros, all while bringing some serious laughs. New episodes drop every Wednesday in time for New Comic Book Day. Parlapod is available on the Project Entertainment Network, all major podcast outlets, and Parlapod.com. Tune in and fuel your fandom with Parlapod. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. Man, what a lot of fun remembering. I know. I got to go find these other films that I remember or haven't yeah. seen. It's like, this oh, you're going to keep me here. busy. I'm, like, I'm going to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have something to do on your trip. That's right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> hey, have a lot of fun. Thanks for being here, George. Yes, sir. And Mo. All right. See you. Listener, we will be back in two weeks with another of these Backtrack episodes and in just one week with our regular episode. So we hope to see you there. This is John for George and Mo. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye, everybody. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. An interesting little fact to the thing, it was the first time that Carpenter paired up two people. He uh, had Kurt Russell, obviously the star, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. but it also had Keith David, who ended up working with uh, Kurt Russell again later on in... Um, well, no, I guess not. Never mind. <laughs> well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. 
Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.